Chapters 6 through 10 of the Epistle of Paul the Apostle to the Romans from the New Testament in Modern English, translated by Farrar Fenton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Mark Penfold. Chapter 6 What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin so that the gift may exceed it? Never! Since we died by sin, how can we still live in it? Can you forget that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Consequently, we were buried with him through the baptism into his death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the rectification from his Father, thus we also ought to conduct ourselves in a renewed life. For if we have been engrafted into the likeness of his death, then we shall also be into that of his resurrection, recognizing this, that our old man has been crucified with him, so that the personality of sin might be destroyed, for us no more to slave for sin, for the dead is liberated from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall equally live with him, knowing that Christ, having risen from the dead, cannot again die. Death can no more dominate him. For when he died, he died by sin once for all. But when he lived, he lived from God. Therefore you should consider yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive with God in Christ Jesus. Consequently, do not allow sin to reign in your mortal body, to obey its lusts. Neither present your organs to sin as instruments of wickedness but offer yourselves to God as alive from the dead, and your organs as instruments of righteousness for God. Because sin must not govern you, now you are not under a law, but under a gift. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under a gift? Never! Know you not that to whoever you present yourselves as obedient slaves, you are slaves to those you obey? whether of sin to death, or of obedience to righteousness. But thank God that although you were slaves of sin, now you heartily obey the rules of the discipline under which you enlisted, and being liberated from sin, you are engaged by righteousness. I speak humanly because of your natural weakness, for as you presented your organs slaves to impurity and unrestrained lawlessness, so now you should present your organs slaves to righteousness in holiness. For then you were slaves of sin, but now you are free men of righteousness. What benefit had you then from those practices that now shame you? For their result is death. But now, having been freed from sin, and serving with God, you have the fruit of your consecration. The result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Chapter 7 Do you forget, brethren, for I speak to those who acknowledge law, that the law governs man during the whole time of his life? For the married woman is given by law for her husband's life, but if the husband should die, she is freed from that law of marriage. Therefore, she will be regarded as an adulteress if she goes to another man during her husband's life. 
but if her husband should die she is a woman freed from that law and will not be an adulteress if she goes to another husband in the same way my brothers you have died to the law through the body of christ for the purpose of devoting yourselves to another to the one who was raised from the dead so that you may produce fruit to god for when we were in our sensuality the passions of sinners against the law stimulated our organs to produce fruit to death but now we are released from that law that by which we were possessed having died so that we may serve in a renewed spirit and not by an old letter what then shall we say the law was wrong no on the contrary i should not have comprehended the sin except by means of a law and i should not have known what the lust was if the law had not said you shall not lust but sin having taken a basis of operations against that command incited every lust in me for disconnected from law sin is non-existent but i lived then without a law however on the command arriving again sin revived but i died and for me the command which was intended for life was found to be death for sin having taken a base of operations against the command defeated me and by itself slew me therefore the law is right and its command holy just and good the good became death to me then never but sin so that it might be manifest as sin in spite of that good effected my death so that sin by means of the command might be beyond doubt excessively sinful for we know that the law is spiritual but i am sensual completely subject to sin and what i shall do i know not for i do not practice what i wish but i do what i hate but if i practice what i wish not i agree with the law that it is noble and then it is no longer i myself who am doing it but sin dwelling in me for i know that no good resides in me that is in my sensuality although the wish lies beside me but where is the power to avail myself of its benefit for i do not do the good that i wish but practice the evil that i do not desire therefore if i do that which i do not wish it is not myself that does it but sin dwelling in me i consequently discover the law by my desiring to do the right even while the wrong lies beside me for from the internal man i delight in the law of god but i perceive a foreign law in my faculties contending against the law of my mind and dragging me captive to the law of sin which is in possession of my organs oh i am a wretched man what can deliver me from this deadly carcass the gift of god through our lord jesus christ so i myself certainly serve with my mind to a law of god but by my sensuality to a law of sin chapter eight therefore now there is no condemnation for those in christ jesus for the law of the spirit of life in christ jesus has freed me from the law of sin and of death for because of the inability of the law which was weakened by the physical nature god has sent his own son in the likeness of a sinful body and on account of sin 
condemned the sin in the body, so that the decree of the law might be accomplished by us, who conduct ourselves not in harmony with sensuality, but in harmony with spirituality. For those who are in harmony with sensuality meditate about the gratification of their sensuality, but those in harmony with spirit what pertains to the spirit. For the desire of sensuality brings death, but the desire of the spirit life and peace, because the desire of sensuality is hatred of God, for it neither can nor will be obedient to God's law, and indeed they who are sensual cannot please God. However, you are not sensual, but spiritual, if indeed a divine spirit resides in you, and if anyone has not a Christ-like spirit, he is not his. But if Christ is in you, then the body is dead in respect to sin, but the spirit lives through righteousness. But if the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will revive your deadened bodies by his indwelling spirit. Therefore then, brothers, we are not bound to live wickedly according to the senses, for if you live according to the senses, you will die. But if spiritually you destroy the practices of sensuality, you will be living. For as many as are led by a divine spirit, they are sons of God, since you have not received a slavish spirit to fear again. But you have received a filial spirit in which we say, Abba, Father. Thus the Spirit witnesses to our own spirit that we are children of God. But if children, then heirs, heirs certainly of God, and co-heirs with Christ. If we suffer together, then we shall be rectified together. For I conclude that the sufferings of the present time are nothing compared to the rectification that will be revealed through us. For the longing desire of the creation expects the revealing of the sons of God. For the created shrinks back from futility, not desiring it, but has been subjected in hope, because even the creation will be freed from the slavery of corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. For we know that all the creation groans and agonizes until now, and not alone, but also we who possess the firstfruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan in ourselves, expecting the sonship, the redemption from our sensuality. For we are saved by hope, but hope visible is not hope, for who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we see not, we shall receive it by patience. Therefore the Spirit supports our weakness, for we know not rightly what we should pray for, but our own spirit itself pleads with stammering sighings, and the searcher of hearts sees the object of our spirit when he intercedes with God for the saints. And we know that to those loving God, everything works together for good to those who are set apart for his purposes. For he previously knew them, and appointed them to conformity with the image of his Son, so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. But whom he prepared, those he also called, and whom he called, those he made righteous, yes, made them righteous, and distinguished them. What then shall we say about these? If God for us, who against us? If he did not retain his own son, but parted with him for us all, 
how much rather will he also give us everything with him? Who can accuse God's chosen? God the judge. Who will condemn? Christ the dead. Nay, rather the risen from the dead, who is upon the right hand of God, and who also intercedes for us. What can drive us from the love of Christ? Affliction, or oppression, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? Just as it is written, We are killed all the day on account of you. We are regarded as sheep for slaughter. But in all these we more than conquer through his having loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor authorities, nor present, nor future, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing is able to separate us from the love of God in our Lord Christ Jesus. Chapter 9 In Christ I speak the truth. I lie not, my conscience with a holy spirit witnessing to me that I have a great grief and an indelible anguish at my heart. For I could wish myself to be cut off from Christ instead of my brothers, my kindred by race, who are Israelites, from whom are the adoption and the renown and the covenants and the law-giving, the divine service and the promise, of whom were the fathers, and from amongst whom the Messiah, who was above all, became incarnate. Thank God forever. The design of God has not failed, however. For not all those from Israel are Israel, neither all Abraham's children are heirs. But from Isaac shall your heir be called. That is, the children of his body are not the children of God, but the offspring of the promise shall be considered an heir. For the message of promise was this, I will come at that time, and there shall be a son to Sarah. And not that only, but Rebekah, having conceived from that one, our ancestor Isaac, before they were born, neither having done good nor ill, so that the recorded purpose of God should continue, not through institutions, but from his calling, it was said to her, that the elder should serve the younger, as it is written, I have chosen Jacob and rejected Esau. Well, then, must we not say, There is injustice with God? No, for he said to Moses, I will pity those I may pity, and I will compassionate those I may compassionate. Therefore, it comes not from him who wills, nor from him who runs, but from the merciful God. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, I have raised you for this very purpose, so that through you I may show my government and thus my authority be proclaimed over all the earth. With the same object, he pities whom he desires, and whom he wills he stupefies. You will then reply to me, Why does he still blame? For who has resisted his will? Indeed, man, who are you to criticize God? Should the thing made say to the Maker, Why have you made me thus? Has not the potter power over his clay to make from his own clay one article for distinction and another for common use? What if God, wishing to show his disposition and to proclaim his authority, endured with great forbearance a perverse instrument determined on destruction, and so that he might proclaim the wealth of his approbation upon the instrument of mercy which he had prepared for approval? 
and us, whom he has called not only from among Jews, but also from among heathen, as he said in Hosea, I will call those not my people, my people, and the unbeloved, beloved, and it shall be in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people, they shall be called there sons of a living God. And Isaiah thunders over Israel, Though the number of the sons of Israel should be like the sand of the sea, those standing outside shall be saved. For completing a design, and completing it righteously, the Lord will perfect his intention on the earth. And as Isaiah foretold, If the Lord of peace had not left us an heir, we should have become as Sodom, and like to Gomorrah. From this, what would we conclude? That a people who did not pursue righteousness has attained to a righteousness, but that righteousness is from their faith. But Israel, pursuing a ritual for righteousness, has not entered into a righteous law. For what reason? Because they sought it not as from faith, but as if from rituals. They stumbled at the stumbling stone, as it is written, See, I place a stumbling stone in Zion, and a difficult rock, but the believer on it shall not be ashamed. Chapter 10 Brothers, my heart's desire and entreaty to God regarding them is for a salvation, for I witness to them that they have a zeal for God, but not an intelligent one. For not reflecting on the righteousness of God, and trying to establish their own, they have not ranged themselves under the divine righteousness, although the object of Christ's law to all believers is righteousness. Indeed, Moses describes the righteousness proceeding from the law, that a man practicing it shall live in it, but that the righteousness from faith declares, Say not in your heart, Who could ascend into the heaven, so as to bring Christ down, or Who could go into the abyss, so as to bring Christ up from the dead again? But what does he say? The ideal is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, and that is the ideal of the faith which we proclaim that if you should proclaim from your mouth the ideal that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. For with the heart it is believed to righteousness, and by the mouth it is acknowledged to salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever trusts in him shall not be ashamed. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for he himself is Lord of all, enriching all who call upon him, for whoever calls on the Lord shall be saved. But how can they call upon whom they have not believed? And how can they believe about what they have not heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are their feet who proclaim peace, who preach the good news! Yet all will not believe the good news, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Therefore the faith comes from a report, but the report through the arrangement of God. But I ask, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Their voice has gone out to all the land, and their declaration to the bounds of the empire. I say further, does not Israel recognize it? 
First, Moses says, I will make you jealous about an unrecognized nation. I will infuriate you about an unintelligible nation. Then Isaiah becomes bold and asserts, I was found by those not seeking me. I became plain to those who never inquired for me. But regarding Israel, he says, I stretched out my hands all the day to a rebellious and contradictory people. The end of chapters 6 through 10. Recording by Mark Penfold.